0: Welcome to Banyan Books, Branches of Wisdom. Celebrating the joy of bright ideas and heartful lifelong learning. Branches of Wisdom is a series of intimate conversations with the world's most influential authors and visionaries. We explore spirituality and the human mind, ecology and culture. Most episodes are recorded with a live audience. You can join our live events and submit questions to your favorite guests. Check out our upcoming schedule at banyan.com. Since 1970, Banyan Books has been a rich oasis at the crossroads of wisdom and philosophy, offering resources for humanity's evolving paths. We're a locally owned independent bookstore in the heart of Vancouver's Kitsilano neighborhood. Visit us in person or shop online at banyan.com. Please subscribe, follow, like, and leave your reviews for the podcast. And now, enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Banyan Books Podcast. I'm your host, Ross McKeechee. Really excited today. We're joined by Danielle Blackwood. Danielle Blackwood is a professional astrologer with more than 30 years of experience and is certified in the Principles and Practice of Contemporary Psychological Astrology through world-renowned astrologer and author Aaron Sullivan. Danielle is also a registered counseling therapist in private practice. Her therapeutic approach is transpersonal, archetypal, and person-centered, and she holds a certificate in Jungian and post-Jungian clinical concepts through the Center of Applied Jungian Studies. Danielle has been a priestess and educator since 1994, facilitating workshops, retreats, classes, and public ritual. She is a passionate passionate lifelong student of folklore, mythology, and depth psychology, and helping others through their rites of passage when they find themselves in a dark wood is at the heart of her work. Danielle Blackwood is the author of the best-selling book, The Twelve Faces of the Goddess, And today she is with Banyan Books in conversation about her newest book, which is titled A Lantern in the Dark. Navigate Life's Crossroads with Story, Ritual and Sacred Astrology. A beautiful book. I encourage everybody to check it out. I'll tell you a little bit about the book. When we find ourselves at a crossroads, the conventional ways of understanding where we are can fall short. We are betwixt and between. No longer who we used to be, not yet who we are becoming. However, these psycho-spiritual thresholds, which everyone experiences around the same ages, are where the real magic happens. Using sacred astrology, Danielle Blackwood shows you when to expect crossroad times throughout your life, including the Saturn return and the midlife transits, which I'm sure we'll get into in our discussion. She also reveals how myth and folklore can be unexpected sources of guidance. Through discovering the keys to self-realization, creating a self-care toolkit, and learning how to support loved ones going through difficult times, we uncover the archetypal dimensions of our own story, make peace with the past, navigate the present, and move toward our unique purpose. If you'd like to learn more about our guests this evening, and her work, please visit her website, which is danielleblackwood.com. So Banyan community, please join me in a really warm welcome for Danielle Blackwood. Danielle, thanks a lot for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's really great to have you here. And for those in our audience who don't know, um, Danielle has a, a long history with Banyan. Um, I, we didn't. We never crossed paths in in working at Banyan, but maybe you can fill out, fill us in. What, what's your history with Banyan, Danielle?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Banyan is where it all began for me many many moons ago. Um, when I ran away from home at 17 to the big city, I found my way to Banyan Books, which was and still is a wonderland of books, crystals, tarot cards, and all manner of magical talismans. It was a cornerstone and a sanctuary for me that got me through some very dark times at, at the, during that uh, period of my life. And my dream was that one day that I would write books that could perhaps illuminate the path for someone else as so many books that I found at Banyan did for me. So I guess you could say that Banyan was kind of my lantern in the dark. So many years later, I actually was given the opportunity to work at Banyan, and I also began writing my very first astrology column at Banyan Books called The Cosmic Weather Report, which I wrote for 12 years. So yes, um, lots of wonderful history with Banyan over the years
0: that's so cool that's really cool and it's amazing to see that your dream your vision of writing books has has come to fruition you're helping so many people with your work That's my hope yeah thank you yeah and this is a really wonderful book again i i think people need to check this book out and you write you wrote this book intending that it would be accessible to all seekers so maybe we can start with giving some of the foundational uh, understandings around astrology for those who may not know so about the birth chart, you write that it is as unique to you as your fingerprint.
1: Mm-hmm. and No
0: one has ever had the same chart of you in all of history and no one ever will again. So can you illuminate our audience in terms of what a birth chart represents exactly and how it can be useful in navigating our lives?
1: Yes, absolutely. So if you were to imagine that if someone was to go out and take a snapshot Of the solar system at the very moment that you came into the world and took your first breath that is your is your birth chart it's been called a blueprint of the psyche a map of the soul and it contains detailed information about what you came here to do your key life lessons your gifts it also tells us a little bit about past life patterns what we are here to accomplish in this lifetime it can also tell you what steps to take when you're at a crossroads and what direction to follow when you are betwixt in between so that's just in a nutshell there's it's more than that but just to know that the birth chart is like that snapshot of of your energetic blueprint
0: right thank you And you also write that the planets in astrology are like an energetic shorthand for a wealth of symbolic meaning. You say just as a word, as a symbol for the meaning of a concept that we wish to convey. Can you tell us more about, I know there's so many planets we can't get into each of them, but can you give us the essence Mm -hmm. of what the planets represent?
1: Um, sure. The planets represent essentially different parts of the psyche, or different parts of, of a person's life here and on, on Earth. So each one is something different. So, for instance, Venus. I'll just take out a few because I will get into them a little bit deeper as we talk about the big crossroad transits, but let's look at Venus. Venus is connected to our value systems, what we like, what we find pleasing or beautiful, its relationship and connection. So that's Venus in a very brief um, synopsis. mercury mercury is communication it's language it's the way that we learn our different the different styles of learning the way that we take in and disseminate information and so on and so forth so um yeah mars i could tell you a little bit about mars sure, especially sure. sure okay since yesterday we did have um a big transit with mars mars and jupiter were conjunct in the sign of aries so mars is um the way we handle conflict and anger, Uh, it's our sexuality. It's our, essentially Mars represents the libido. And um, there are 10 planets in astrology. So again, each one describing a different psychological component of our psyche.
0: Right, okay, thank you. Now we're talking about in this book, these different uh, thresholds that we come to in life that are associated with uh, different astrological transits. Um, You describe the state that a person may find themselves in at these different crossroads. You use this term betwixt and between. Mm -hmm. And you say that these transits are known as biopsychic, meaning they occur at approximately the same age for everyone and they signify the steps we must take to awaken to our unique purpose. Wondering if you can describe for us some of the key crossroads or transits we encounter in life and how we can decipher when we're approaching them when we're in the middle of them maybe when we've made it through them
1: sure i'd love to um, what i'd like to do as well if you don't mind is just do a little brief definition of what i call sacred astrology because it all sort of fits together um, so Sacred astrology is a spiritual path, and I know that that comes as a surprise to a lot of people, but really it is a a philosophy that I think um, can provide a rich and embodied sense of meaning and purpose and help us get a glimpse of the archetypal patterns that run beneath our everyday lives. Sacred astrology is connected to archetypes and mythology and folklore, and it reflects on how these stories play out in our own lives to deepen our sense of self-awareness, our sense of the numinous, and give us a sense of the magic and mystery that's beneath the mundane. So at its heart, sacred astrology is spirit expressing itself through archetype and story. So that being said, I shall tell you that whether we realize it or not, we all play out stories through myth, legend, fairy tale, and folklore. And in astrology, there are certain thresholds that we all cross, like you were mentioning, Ross, at around the same ages that bring up specific archetypal themes. So these rites of passage are significant chapters that shape our own sacred stories. And each of the significant passages that I write about in A Lantern in the Dark has a powerful purpose to move us forward on our soul's journey and teach us the lessons that we came here to learn and to nudge us back onto the path that we're meant to be on, if we have stepped off it. So the first transit, the first one that I'm talking about in this book is called the first Saturn return. And a lot of people have heard that term before. It's about stepping into adulthood while the second Saturn return is about moving into the phase of wisdom. The years between these two major turning points are about creating a life, cultivating an identity, establishing a career, marriage, commitment, deciding whether or not to have children, all of the things embodying our unique purpose, and um, hopefully finding some magic and meaning along the way. And while these junctures are, they often show up as psycho-spiritual crisis, they are often almost always coinciding with the most significant turning points of our lives so let's take a a look here i will start with the Saturn return the first one so the first major milestone in the human lifespan is called the Saturn return which people do experience between around the ages of 27 and 30. Saturn literally returns to the place that it was at our birth by sign and degree around that time and when that happens it brings with it significant archetypal Saturn themes so in astrology Saturn is the principle of reality it's associated with milestones responsibility aging and maturity we have a Saturn return at around 30 then another one, the second Saturn return between 57 and 60. And if we're lucky enough to live that long, we have a third and final Saturn return at around 90 years old. Oh, I didn't know
0: about that third one.
1: <laughs> I know most people don't talk about it too much, I guess. But um, yeah, so every approximately every 30 years, Saturn returns to the place that it was at our birth. So at the first one around 30, it's like a reality check. It's like, it asks us how we've structured our lives up to this point. Um, typically people feel it as a very sobering, serious, and contemplative time that can bring challenges, trials, and a realization of time because Saturn rules time, right? So a realization of time that we might not have noticed until now, most people are just coasting through their twenties and suddenly that, that, threshold happens and they suddenly say oh my goodness i'm going to be 30 soon and it's not just a number it really is that it truly is a threshold that people step over and move into creating adult on their an adulthood on their own terms so saturn is the wise teacher and he he often we call them he (laughs) brings karmic lessons and a sense of ourselves as mortal but if we do our work, Saturn can also help us step up to the plate and define what is truly important to us in our lives. So it's not unusual for people at the first Saturn return around 30 to have a first child, to get married, to commit in, in a very grown-up way to something. So maybe it's a, a career path. But... Um, one of the things that can happen is that relationships that are not built on solid ground can often end during the first Saturn return Um, but what I also see is that significant commitments are usually made quite soon after that happens so if you're in a relationship that's keeping you from growing that will sort of fall away and then you meet that person that is the significant other that you are moving into that next chapter with So whatever the scenario, the Saturn return is a significant milestone. Right. Yeah.
0: What, can I ask a a question, Danielle, what you said, you know, if we do our work, there's a certain opportunity there. What happens if someone either (laughs) doesn't know what they're going through or they push away the work that needs to be done, What, what happens then?
1: That's a really great question. And that does happen sometimes with people. They, it's like an initiation every time we come to one of these big crossroad transits. So if people don't um, step into their responsibility and really understand, I need to to do this work now. Yeah, they can, um, so I've seen people not do that. And what happens is that they get, another opportunity and another opportunity with the same patterns and the same lessons, revisiting, revisiting until finally they, they, they get it. Hopefully they get it. Right. So that's one of the ways that it can, it can play out. But I think having an understanding of the underlying developmental purpose of the stage that you're in can be invaluable.
0: Excellent. Okay. Thank you.
1: So, so the next oh sorry yeah what, yeah, what <laughs> comes after is,
0: is yeah. there anything else to say about the saturn return or are we on to the oh, next transit there's
1: lots but i will i will i know we have a limited time so i will move forward okay. and um and i will move into what we call the midlife transit so between the approximate ages of around 36 37 and between 45 to 48, we are in what we call the midlife transits. And they do coincide with what society calls the midlife crisis quite often. Um, They're actually a series of four transits that happen very close together. They often overlap and the purpose of these thresholds is to remind us of why we're here and what we came here to do. And they often bring up themes connected to what is working in our lives and what isn't. So, again, between around, say, 37 and 45, 46, up to about 48, you're in your midlife transits. So, these transits, like I said, happen closely together, and sometimes life can feel like a bit of a roller coaster during those years. The midlife transits can be a stressful time for marriages, for other long-term commitments, as well as career paths and life direction, because people are changing a lot at this time. There's new awareness, there's new levels of themselves coming up to the surface to be seen, to be heard. And people often do find themselves reviewing the life that they've built up to this point. But this can also be a time of unprecedented soul growth and self-realization. These cycles are transpersonal passages that can lead us toward individuation. So becoming more wholly and completely who we are. Now the first midlife transit is called the Pluto square and it happens approximately between the age of 36 and 42. So this can be a time of intense shadow work. It can be a time when we might feel that we've wandered into an underworld of sorts. Many people feel raw, vulnerable or exposed as intense intense emotions can shake us to the core. The purpose of this time is to help us release toxic patterns, transform and release old trauma and to step into our power. So it's about shining a light into those dark places in our psyche to find what Jungian, Robert Johnson called the gold in the shadow. So, I, I mean, these times are not here to humiliate us or to make us feel afraid. They, they are here to, to teach us something. There are archetypal qualities that are trying to emerge and trying to come through during each of these transits and with the pluto square it can also be a time of regeneration catharsis healing and of course rebirth as well it's another plutonian theme so once the pluto square begins it lasts for about a year and a half between those that, that age that age range now did you have any questions about that one yeah yeah was, i was
0: okay you you talk in the book about like you give these age range i think it would be great for audience to understand how does that work how do we is there a way we can determine for ourselves exactly when these transits are starting and and how do we determine them
1: well i think that just knowing how old you are which everyone does you know that you are very close to it um that being said even if you're not exactly on one of these transits, if you are in that age range, you're still feeling it. You're still feeling that energy. So transits wax and wane, you see what I mean? So even though you might not be exactly in the dates, the date range of your Pluto square, um, even months afterwards, you're still feeling the reverberation as you're integrating whatever lessons came up with it. You see what I mean? So I think that, just knowing that age range now that being said i would say if you want to know the exact dates of your midlife track or any transits you can well you can go to a professional astrologer that will help you interpret when and what's likely to come up or you can get one of the astrology apps um the time passages one i have heard is quite good there are others as well but um that might be a helpful tool in finding out because if you know you're between 37 and 42 you know that you can probably find out exactly when those dates will happen right, so that doesn't right. mean that something's going to happen specifically on those dates but during that whole t- time frame yeah things do tend right. to
0: come so up so as a, as an example i'm i'm 37 now so i'm i must be in coming into my pluto square time i'm in it yes. Now, is there do different people have varying degrees of intensity and it's different material that they'll be uncovering through this time?
1: Yes. I mean, it'll always be close. To, I mean, it's an archetype. So that archetype will be expressed in different ways for different people according to the specifics of their lives, what they came here to learn. You see what I mean? So the the, I, the archetype will always be similar, but it will be expressed in a multitude of different ways while still right. remaining true to its essence.
0: Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what comes after the Pluto square in terms of the midlife transits?
1: Yeah. The next one is called the Neptune square. So a fe- okay, I should explain that what that means is that So with with any of these these names of these transits. So that means that Neptune in the sky is making a contentious or square aspect to the Neptune in your birth chart. Or Pluto is making a square aspect to the Pluto in your birth chart. So our birth charts stay the same, but the planets constantly are moving. And as they do so, they will occasionally make aspect to the planets in our birth chart. I hope that makes sense. Um, So with the Neptune square, Um, It can manifest as a sense of ennui or dissatisfaction, um, a loss of focus, feeling adrift, lost, yearning for something that you might not even be able to quite name or put your finger on. Um, Neptune is a very nebulous energy or archetype. So a lot of people find themselves grieving over lives that they didn't make, uh, live or choices that they didn't make, dreams that they suddenly realized might only ever be just dreams. So it, it is kind of, um, it can feel, for some people it can feel depressing. They feel more sensitive than usual, maybe anxious or this desire to escape. You know that's a very common neptunian um manifestation is needing to i just want to run away i just can't oh you know so neptune teaches us the medicine of letting go of surrendering the purpose of this transit is to find meaning in our lives and to realign ourselves with a sense of magic and enchantment that comes with surrendering and going with the flow to find the connection with the spiritual on our own terms. That is the the, sort of the ultimate purpose of the Neptune square. But on the way there, it can feel very, you know, staring out of windows and asking, is this all there is? (laughs) What more (laughs) is there to life? Yeah. 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 So, and that one often overlaps with the Pluto square.
0: It does, right? Okay. And the age yeah. for that is, I believe, 40, uh, 39 to 43, right? So the age wise, yes. right? It overlaps.
1: Yes, it can. Yeah. And the next one is called the Uranus opposition. So Uranus in the sky is um, opposing, or it's in the opposite sign. the uranus in our birth chart and this one happens between around 41 and 45 so again yeah there can be some overlap there too now uh, in astrology uranus is known as the great awakener and this transit can bring unexpected change it can bring crisis and upheaval that is usually followed by an emergence of a new sense of self, sudden creative breakthroughs, and realizations that lead to self actualization. So if we've been stuck in a rut or procrastinating or, you know, knowing we need to make changes, but kind of like, mm, I'll do that, I'll get to that eventually, um, this transit can show up as disruptive and shocking because its purpose is to wake us up and to help us individuate sometimes by dramatically clearing away old structures to make way for the new in our lives. So I think that one of the best ways to work with this one is introducing change in small ways. Um, Following your soul's promptings can work like homeopathic medicine with the Uranus trend, uh, Uranus opposition. So it's sort of like you're helping to co-create change in your life with the universe. And I think that can go a long way to having these, you know, big dramatic happenings occur. Yeah. Right.
0: And you give these, this magical toolkit for each of the transits in the book really useful tools. Can you just maybe give the essence of that for our audience to understand how they these magical toolkits you give work?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of different things. So I, I have um, navigating each transit. So there's a lot of practical suggestions to help work with the medicine of each juncture and then there is the magical toolkit so that contains things like guided meditations certain correspondences like plant allies that you can use that that will help you sort of get through these times and in with their own in their own ways um you know plant what do I have plant allies and different crystals and stones that you might want to meditate with that are that they coincide with these particular energies that can crop up during these times um yes there's a there's a lot of a lot packed in there isn't there there I mean, is there's this, whole,
0: there's this whole body of of wisdom <laughs> for people to refer to to help them to navigate these including you know, mythology and folklore and story that you get into as well. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, yeah. So for each of the, um, the junctures, the thresholds we talk about, there is a story that I retell from mythology or folklore that brings up similar themes to the transit that someone might be going through. And they are like teaching tales. I think if you make space to, to read them. And I think a lot of times people will read these, these old stories and myths and say, oh, that really sounds familiar. What did the character in that story do? How did they learn? How did they, how did the hero become the hero?
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a rich depth of knowledge there. Now, we, we left off at the Uranus um, opposition, right. and, and next comes the Saturn opposition, no?
1: Yes, and this is the final, thank goodness, right? The final midlife transit that happens. <laughs> I think a lot of times people by this point are just going, okay, is there more? What's ha- what, what else could happen? <laughs> when so, do I get
0: to rest?
1: I know. I know. And there there are wonderful moments in between all of these transits. It's not like it's just full on terrible the whole time or anything. And again, they are here to teach us something. But um, so the Saturn opposition, yes, it's the last one. And it occurs about 14 years after that Saturn return we talked about at age 30. So now we are not almost 30, we're almost 50, right? So it happens between around 44, 45, 46, depending on when you were born. And um, this is the last one. And it can be actually a time of fruition and harvest, or it can be a time of reckoning. Usually it's a little bit of both. So the purpose of this particular one is to cultivate discernment. So Saturn is going to show you again what's working and what isn't working in your life. And sometimes it's quite stark and it's like, okay, this is obviously not working. Um, so things like self-limiting beliefs will really play out. You'll, you'll see where you're limiting yourself. Um, what you're really seeing is are the consequences of the way you've structured your life to this point. Uh, Saturn asks you to step up and confront the reality of who you've become around this age. So again, it's time for a reality check because anytime you have any kind of Saturn transit, it's always going to be about reality, not wishful thinking, but what what is. Um, And it's all here because it's helping us live that next phase of our life with more self-awareness so that we, we might be actually called to make some difficult choices so our life more clearly reflects who we are, more clearly reflects our our own definition of who we'd like to become. So that's the last one of the midlife transits. And after that, a few years later is the second Saturn return. Do you want to pause for a moment? Or would you like me to dive into that one right now?
0: Well, sure. Uh, Maybe maybe we can we can go a little bit into the the purpose of ritual because you do talk a lot about therapeutic (sighs) ritual there. So we could get into that a little bit before we come to the second Saturn return.
1: Absolutely, for sure. Um, So ritual, the benefits of ritual and ceremony are becoming increasingly accepted and embraced as part of a therapeutic process by many, many therapists. Ritual can facilitate the healing of trauma. It can help shift your narrative. And it's also been shown to be quite beneficial in treating anxiety. So ritual can uh, mark important shifts in our lives. It can help us recognize our rites of passage. It can also help us manifest change, set new intentions, or release something that no longer is serving us. It can be part of a new beginning. It can bring closure. And it can help us acknowledge the important steps taken on our journey and bring profound symbolic meaning to, um, to our life transitions. So the rituals that I have in the book, A Lantern in the Dark, have been carefully created to align with each of the crossroads that we have been discussing. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Now the Saturn, the second Saturn return. What's going on there?
1: So basically what's happening is that Saturn once again is returning to the same place as it was when you were born. So remember we went over those those ages around 30, around 60 and around 90. So here's the second one. So, It's made a full circle around the heavens, come back to the place that it was. And once again, we are standing at the crossroads. But now instead of facing 30, we are on the cusp of 60. And that is a very different stage of life. So we remember that Saturn is associated with time. And once again, time takes on this tangible, sobering quality during significant Saturn transits. We look at, the story of our life and we see how far we've traveled to this point i think that um sometimes people fear this time of life they feel that it's going to bring stagnation or stasis um that suddenly people say oh my gosh i'm i'm getting old so i'm getting older and while it's true that we are no longer in that earlier phase of life it brings with it all kinds of very wonderful rewards. Um, I think that regardless of gender, the second Saturn return is the time to distill our life experience, to reclaim our inner witch, to um, reflect on what we want to do with the time that we have left. That is the most important thing to remember about the second Saturn return. So it clarifies our sense of purpose, and we often really find ourselves doing a lot of soul searching during the, during the second Saturn return. So it's about distilling our life experience. So um, it can be a wonderful time to become a mentor, to write down our life story and um, really committing, because remember Saturn's about commitment, committing to what is truly important in our lives at this point. So that is the second Saturn return. In a, in a nutshell, once again. So I use I know I didn't talk about this at all because we don't really have time, but the story that I use for both Saturn returns is um, it's called Vasilisa the Beautiful. And it's about Vasilisa and the Baba Yaga, the, the old witch Baba Yaga. So during the second Saturn return, we are moving into becoming the Baba Yaga into being the wise woman or the wise sage that we can sort of take on that mantle of wisdom and move forward in a conscious way so and there we have it i can talk about this all day but i know that yes to
0: watch the time too there's so much beautiful wisdom and the thing that strikes me the most is what we're called to do in this work is to be constantly embracing change and transformation in our lives it it, it, we're constantly presented with that challenge and that gift aren't we
1: absolutely and we we constantly have these these thresholds where we're called once again to to really go deep and to to look at what is where have i come from and where am i going it's a time to to pause and really see where we're at on that journey of life
0: I know you work one-on-one with a lot of people, um, both doing astrology and counseling. Um, you know, inevitably, I imagine people, you know, run up against their own fear of really going into these, these things within them that present the material that they need to bring into their consciousness to work with. How do you direct people? Like how do you help frame it for people to see the gift in something that might be really scary to face?
1: It's a big question. It's a process. Um, I think because when someone's sort of in the throes of it, it's hard to see, oh, but wait, there's wonderful things coming from this. Um, it is, it can be. But I think helping people know that there is a purpose for it. You know, all for each one of these times in our lives, there's something that is trying to come through. And I think understanding the purpose at a deeper level makes people feel that they're not alone. They feel a sense of comfort quite often. And they realize that if they are to face these times as consciously as possible, that they are most likely to, to receive the gifts that these times bring. Right.
0: I'm just, as I feel into this right now, the thing that strikes me is it's it's very comforting to me that, oh, there's a, there's a, trans per use this term transpersonal there's this transpersonal archetypal process that's going on in my life and though it's personal mm-hmm. to me in terms of the content of it it's kind of this universal thing and so many human beings have gone through it so that allows me to kind of go okay even though there's so much unknown here mm-hmm. i can trust the process more
1: yes and, and like i said to reading the stories that that align with these particular times can be very comforting and very illuminating as well. So the myths, the stories that that exemplify any particular um, top, uh, threshold or juncture that we're talking about can be very helpful.
0: How yeah. do you recommend people to tap in? I mean, you have a lot of those myths in this book, so that's a great starting point. Is that what you might direct people to do is say like, pick up this book and figure out where you're at in your path and, and read those myths, read those stories and get a real understanding of what's going on.
1: Absolutely, I think myths can be myth can be so instructional um, and uh, really shed a lot of light on the path of, of where we're at. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so there's so much more that's covered in the book and again, I'll encourage people to check it out. Before we get to the audience questions, Danielle, maybe we can look at the astrology of right now, this moment we're in, you Mm -hmm. know, for the people that are here live, it'll be especially helpful. And anybody who's listening to the recording, they can kind of reflect back on where this was at. So it's June 30th today, 2022.
1: Can you tell us a
0: bit about what's going on?
1: Yes. So today is a special day because today is the new moon in Gemini. So it's also on the heels of that Mars-Jupiter conjunction that I was talking about. Um, On one hand, today is a time to blaze a new trail and consider what seeds we'd like to plant next. On the other hand, we know that mercury has been retrograde for the last three weeks and it's about to station direct on Friday. So it is a good time to also pause and really listen um watch for synchronicity and be prepared to pivot to be light on your feet to to make shifts and change and whatever it is that you've been planning or are intending to plan so things are changing right now so it's a great idea to make space and um allow for that change to happen it's also a really great time to to journal and to call back your energy as we begin a new lunar cycle
0: Okay. Wow. That that sounds like a really, it's a potent time right now.
1: It really is actually. Yeah. Um, I know I'll just touch on May was for a lot of people a really intense month um, in a lot of ways. There was a lot of contentious archetypal pairings. There was eclipse season as we're now calling it these days. And um, it did bring up a lot of shadow material and a lot of stuff to work with um, a lot of grief a lot of deep deep things so what i would like to tell you is though is that um june actually looks a lot smoother june i mean there's a couple little bumps but june doesn't look anything near as fraught as may did so hopefully people can take that to heart and a little bit of hope oh relief I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, Danielle. And we've got some nice comments and questions coming in here from the audience. Um, First of all, maybe I'll share a comment with you that's from Amy. It's really nice. She says, I love a lantern in the dark. At 66, I'm several years post my second Saturn return. Ha ha. I bought your book anyway and have enjoyed reviewing my historic crossroads. I was tickled to realize that my first astrological chart was done in 1993 by none other than Stephen Forrest, my Pluto square. I'm still a work in progress, shining light on the next part of this journey. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I count Stephen as, uh, as a friend and a mentor. And um, yeah, that's so wonderful that you were able to get in to see him because he now has A waiting list that's about 10 years long so and i'm so glad that you found some uh, resonance in a lantern in the dark thank you for sharing that
0: thanks amy there's an interesting question here from dara who says is there a connection with Saturn Returns and the 27 Club of famous people who pass away at 27, like Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, and Janis Joplin? Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting you should ask that. I actually write about that in the book. Um, and I do think that there is an interesting correlation. Um, mm, let's see. So the 27 Club, so that's when people first start feeling the first glimmers of the saturn return on their horizon so for some people they just are not they don't want to take that step over that threshold and move into that next phase of adulthood I and mean, it's some on some level i think and also uh oh no it's just slipped right out of my mind i have like this great thought and it's just gone oh. um, <laughs> But i know um, the feeling i know it's just thanks um but yeah so I think that's part of it. And, um, there was something else and yes. And it's in the book and you can read about it there. Yeah, Pat. yeah. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Here's the
0: book, a lantern yeah, in the dark, check it out. We can come back to that. Cause I know sometimes if something slips your mind. You forget about yes. it. We can come Thanks, back Rich. to it. So we'll circle back. Thank um, you. here's a, here's a straightforward question from Heather. Just, she's wondering, is my birth chart something I can look up and if so, what is a good resource?
1: That's a great uh, question. Yeah, absolutely. You can look it up. Um, Let's think what's a good one. Um, Chani Nicholas has a great free um, chart generator that you can look up. So once you look it up, it's up to you to, to learn how to interpret it. But um, you can sort of read the house placements and the sign placements of all your planets. And that's a great place to start. And then from there, you can, take it forward and, and keep learning. I think that astrology is a lifelong learning opportunity. It's not something that anyone ever has all the answers for. It's like saying that anyone, is because it is about the human psyche, you know? And it's like saying that anyone could ever know completely and everything about the human psyche. So it is something that you're constantly pulling back new layers of yourself and seeing what's what you're made up of.
0: There's a question here from Havar that's about uh, the Uranus transit. He says, or he or she, I should say, what is a myth that speaks to the Uranus transit in midlife?
1: Excellent question. Um, Prometheus, the myth of Prometheus, the fire stealer. So look that one up and read about it. But, um, and another, a book I'd really love to mention, the the father of archetypal astrology, Richard Tarnas. Um, and Banyan does carry this book. I know it's um, Cosmos and Psyche. Yes. And he talks a lot about all of this, not, not specifically these transits as I've talked about them, but um, the archetypes of the planets and throughout history. It's incredible. But he does talk about that Prometheus myth as well.
0: That's awesome. Gotcha. We just actually had um, Rick Tarnas at, on with Stan Groff mm-hmm. and Sean Kelly a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really interesting to read his essay in the book dedicated to Stan mm-hmm. Groff about um, uh, astrology in in conjunction with Stan Groff's archetypal psychology work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a question here from Sabina that says, uh, thank you, Danielle. I'm wondering how the concepts... That you were talking about apply to non-anglo cultures such as the first nations or aboriginal peoples that ross was referring to at the onset of the webinar
1: i think that these are archetypes are universal so i think that all of these will play out in certain ways and like i said they'll play out in different ways depending on people's life specifics their histories the intersections of oppressions and privilege. And I I do believe that there is something that for, for everyone to get from the archetypes. Archetypes are the hero with a thousand faces.
0: That's great. Thank you. Good question, Sabina. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's another one here from, yeah, from uh, a question here from Cindy about her daughter. She says, my daughter is entering her first Saturn return. is having her first child a boy my first grandchild i have entered my second saturn transit and my daughter and i are in a struggle she's holding me at a distance how can i support her and or help her release what's in the way of us being closer or as we were
1: that's a very big question i wish i knew more context to be able to answer it um just know that you're both going through a very big time, a very sobering time, a time that um, realities are going to come to the surface that need to be dealt with and deal with it as compassionately and with as much heart and consciousness as you can. And I would say, read the book too, read those two chapters and see where both of you are at right now. And I think that can give both of you a lot of compassion for where the other is that, that particular life passage that you're going through hopefully that helps yeah
0: yeah wishing you all the best with that cindy now there's a question here from hoda who's wondering do you work do you work by phone or video i'm in a phase where i need help with my process birth chart direction how to move forward at 74 and then hoda says you're dead on with 30 and 60.
1: (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you um I do work in video, but I actually have a, a, about a year long wait list right now. Unfortunately, I'm teaching classes at the moment. I'm spending a lot of time trying to reach more people. So if you would like to go to my website, you can see what my current offerings are and I will be having putting more up very soon. So
0: that's great. And, thanks and for ja- asking. Yeah. Thanks Oda. and Jacobs put your yeah. website up in the chat for people to click the link.
1: Um, Thank you, Jacob.
0: Yeah, it's danielleblackwood.com, correct? Yes. Right. Okay, great. So people can check out. If you want to work with Danielle or learn more about what she's doing, you can go to her website, danielleblackwood.com. There's a question here from uh, Cheryl, who says, I have been working for nearly 30 years with Caitlin and John Matthews, Arthurian Tarot. Mm -hmm which sees the mythical search for the Holy Grail as a metaphor for our own inner spiritual journeys. Yes. Would you say that your rituals and sacred astrology tools are, similarly, are similar archetypes for healing inner wounds and navigating our spiritual paths?
1: Absolutely, and I'm a huge fan of Caitlin and John Matthew's work as well, and also Grail quest work. So I'm very influenced by the Grail quest, the search for the Holy Grail. Yeah, but it is a very similar um, idea in some ways.
0: Okay, great. Thanks for that question, Cheryl. Now, there's two two people um, that have a similar question, Rihanna and Ruth, and so I'll just kind of uh, integrate them. They're wondering, is there an important transit that occurs in the late 60s to mid 70s or around the 70 mark? Yes. (laughs)
1: yes I'm <laughs> at the top of my head right now oh gosh I'm gonna have to um, get back to you on that you can email me if you want but um, my head's not right there at the moment sure I believe yeah. there's a there's an I believe there's a Neptune transit happens around 72 but I need to double check that
0: okay what does Neptune so, represent you had mentioned it before
1: it's a, it's a spiritual transit or a spiritual change it's meaning and uh, a sense of the numinous of transcendence yeah
0: wonderful yeah okay thanks for that question both to rihanna and ruth thank you there's one from maria as well that might be a little bit specific but i think there's a general aspect to it as well um about is it chiron or chiron i don't know how to pronounce that one chiron chiron so the question Mm -hmm. from maria is I'm 54 and my Chiron is in Pisces.
1: Can -hmm. you speak
0: about the importance of Chiron in one's Mm name chart and life stage?
1: Sure. Yeah. So Chiron is the wounded healer in mythology and astrology. And um, the Chiron return typically happens around 50 to 51. So Chiron takes 50 to 51 years to make its way back to the same sign and degree that it was when you were born similar to a Saturn return so when people have a Chiron return or they're having a Chiron transit it is about healing quite often people face a healing crisis whether that be uh, a crisis of meaning or a physical crisis in some cases but I, I, I do tend to see a lot of people feeling very very mortal when they have their Chiron return they suddenly realize wow I'm sort of at that halfway mark if we think we're going to live to be about a hundred. And um a lot of themes come up around what still needs to be healed? What work do I need to do so that I can heal others or help other people or make my unique contribution in the world? So that's a very short um description of Chiron. But yeah, there's there's lots of wonderful work out there on on Chiron. Okay. it's about healing,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, great, thank you, and thanks, Maria. We have a question here from Karen, who's wondering, or first as a comment, and then a question. Uh, Karen says, thank you for being a powerful steward for archetypes and myth as thank profound you, Karen. tools for teaching. Yeah. Thank you. And then the question is, Do you think that the lack of awareness of these big stories in popular culture has been detrimental in navigating rites of passage and creating community?
1: What a great question. And I would have to say, yes. I think that it could be so beneficial to everyone, sort of knowing what stage they're at, the reason why they're there, what they're meant to be learning during these different stages. And I do think that it could be Oh, I'd love to get this work out to more people and just let them use it as they will to let, you know, let these archetypes play out in a more conscious way. Thank you for that question. That was a wonderful question.
0: Really was. Yeah. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Karen. And um, uh, thank you, Danielle, so much for taking these audience questions and to our live audience. It's so great to have this live community here and and making these live events what they are. So a huge thanks to our live audience. We're coming close to our time. So just a reminder to everyone, we're speaking to Danielle Blackwood about her latest book, uh, A Lantern in the Dark, Navigate Life's Crossroads with Story, Ritual and Sacred Astrology. It's a really beautiful book, highly recommend it. And of course it's available at Banyan Books, banyan.com. Or you can come in in person seven days a week, corner of Fourth and Dunbar, Kitsilano. And I, I want to give a shout out to everybody that works at Banyan Books, uh, from you know the front of house staff, the the purchasing department, shipping and receiving, uh, the whole management and ownership. It's such a wonderful group of people, as as Danielle knows, having been a part of that community for years, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, big thank you to them, and and uh, of course to our podcast producer and events curator. Jacob Steele, all the great guests that we get, all of these events that we put on are all thanks to Jacob. So thanks a lot, Jacob Steele, for all the work that you do. Um, Danielle, before we close, um, I'd love to hear from you what, it sounds like you're really busy with your work. What's coming up next for you? Is there anything you want to tell people about?
1: Um, I already mentioned my classes and that is where a lot of my heart is right now. A lot of my effort and energy is going into teaching classes. I'm doing a... Oh, except for today, I'm doing um, a monthly new moon gathering and uh, workshop. Where does that new moon land for you in your chart personally? Um, I'm also teaching a series of classes connected to each of these life passages. So the first one is probably going to be in July and it is on the second Saturn return. So uh, if you are anywhere coming up to that age or have just left it and trying to make sense of it between 57 and 60, I uh, would love for you to join us. Thank you. Oh, that's
0: wonderful. That's great. Okay. So again, Danielle's website is DanielleBlackwood.com, and you can find out all thank the info you. there and get a hold of Danielle. Danielle, it's been so cool to have you here. Thanks a lot for taking the time to join us.
1: It's been my absolute pleasure, and thank you to Banyan, to Jacob, to you, Ross, and to to for Banyan for keeping the light burning for fifty years. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us for Branches of Wisdom, a podcast of Banyan Books and Sound, Canada's spiritual and healing resource since 1970. Our podcast producer is Jacob Steele. The show is edited by Abdo Habani. Watch all our conversations on YouTube by searching for Banyan Books, or listen on your favorite podcast platform. Please subscribe, follow, like, and leave your reviews and comments we love to hear from you for all our live events books and more visit us at banyan.com